Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 128 of the Theopolis Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Motz, and I'm assistant to Peter Lightheart, the president of Theopolis Institute. Theopolis Institute trains men and women to lead cultural renewal by renewing the church. Participants in our programs will learn to read the Bible imaginatively, worship God faithfully, and engage the culture intelligently. In this episode, we have a clip from a lecture given by James Jordan at our 2017 course on the topic of architecture. Here, Jordan's going to be talking about Eden, the land, and the world, and he's also going to discuss towards the end a little bit about liturgy. We really hope that you enjoy this brief time of teaching, and as always, thank you so much for listening. So the first topic is the fourfold world of the original world house. God makes this house for his daughter to grow up in. The theology here is that God the Father has an only begotten son and an only created daughter. The daughter is supposed to grow up to be uh, the bride for his son. He makes this world. Uh, he puts uh, assistants in the world, angels, who are going to help the daughter to grow up. And uh, when she is ready, the son will come and there will be the marriage of heaven and earth. Um, the marriage of God with the creation of the Son with humanity, which we are now living in. And uh, then the Son brings the world back to the Father at the end. And the environment that is made for this is the land of Eden. And we know that on the east side of the land of Eden, is the Garden of Eden. A river arises in Eden, flows out through the garden, and then breaks up into four streams as it goes down to the world. Adam and Eve, Adam, to start with, is put in this garden. He's not put up here in the land of Eden. The farthest west uh, where the throne is, where rule is. He is put here where he is told to grow up. Keep his hands off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge, knowledge of good and evil is a phrase that means wisdom. It is identical to the word wisdom in the Solomonic literature, and it means kingly wisdom. By me, kings reign. Because they seized it before their time, they were not patient. The essential virtue that they refused to follow was patience. They were sent out of the sanctuary garden down into what we call, we around here, call the forecourt land. They will be able to come up near to this doorway here and have some kind of contact with God and His angels but in only varying degrees throughout the history of the Bible, go back into a sanctuary. And then when Cain sins and is sent further east, we have the world. And we are told also that there are other lands out here. The land of Havilah, where the gold is. Gold is out here. Trees are in here. The sanctuary land, these, these lands in the Bible are associated with food. 
These lands are associated with wood and stone, all this stuff down here in Havilah, King Solomon's mines down in Central Africa. We've all seen the movies. All right. When Solomon wants to get gold and trees and stones to build the temple, he goes to Hiram of Tyre, believing Gentile, faithful man. Okay? And they swap food. Solomon provides food. Okay? When God gives this land to Israel, he gives them vineyards, olive yards, fields, cumin, mint, vegetable gardens. That's all the way it's described. The land of promise is not described as a land of gold and uh, jewels. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Prince Jonathan finds honey and might have restored honey to the people. Okay. King Desmond David brings cheese, milk, to the warriors at the battle. Honey and cheese are associated with Jonathan and David. These things run throughout the Bible. Bread and wine. And they're right here in this original environment. In the sanctuary, we only read about trees and tree fruit. We're also told that out in the land is bread. There are grain plants. We never get to them. So there's going to be some grain plants out here in the forecourt land, but it's going to be harder to deal with them. There's a whole history of food here. I'll give it to you free. You start with fruit off of trees. You just pick it and eat it. You come out here, you're cast out here, and in the forecourt land, there's bread plants. There's a certain amount of work involved in making bread to eat. Okay? But you can, you can make bread in about five hours. You, know, you cut down, you have to have a knife. You cut down the uh, wheat and you beat it up. And now you've got some flour and you mix it with water. And so at the end of five hours, you've got some bread. Okay. It takes much longer to develop wine. And wine is also out here, but it grows on vines close to the ground. Not up like trees. It's a little bit different. We didn't start off with, with wine. It's not till we get to Noah that we get any mention of wine. And you can't make wine in five hours. It takes much longer time and much more skill, much more maturity to make wine. So it's when you get later on in history to kings that you find wine. Kings are associated with wine. Priests with bread. These are some of the fundamental uh, associations with these spaces. All right, we never get up there to the west. But as history moves along, 
living out here at a distance from the sanctuary, when God calls Abraham, Abraham gets to come into the sanctuary a little bit with what we call oasis sanctuaries. What are the three components of an oasis sanctuary? Water, trees, altar, mound of earth, okay, high ground. That, those three things become the tabernacle. When you cut the trees down, plane them, and you cover them with gold, all right. You have the water and the labor. That's a well. You meet your wives at wells, right? What is the labor made out of? Bronze. Did you, did you say bronze? The mirrors of the deaconesses. The women who served at the tabernacle. No. Uh, it's, it's, it's not. Gold is only inside the tab. Getting ahead of the class. But that's encouraging. All right. So remember these four places here. When the tabernacle's built, there's more sanctuary. When the temple is built, there's more sanctuary. When we get to Ezekiel's temple, which cannot be built, you can put up, we'll talk about how it spreads out over the entire world in the form of synagogues. And then you get to the New Testament, and finally... We push into the throne land with Jesus. And we turn around and look the other way. We were always looking west to the tabernacle, to the temple of God. Now, in the Christian church, we look east, trying to throw out the basics. Now, one of the basic principles is homological duplication and the microscopic human house. Okay, you are a temple, right? And if the world is a temple, well, so are you. What are you made out of? Dirt. What grows on dirt? What grows on you? Okay. Glory. Grass. It's not green, though. You're not to round the corners of your field when you cut it but leave some produce there for the poor. You're not to round the corners of your beard, but leave some there. No, well, whatever that means. No one really knows what the corners of the beard are, but uh, you're not to round them because of the analogy. And all those laws in Leviticus, all those fun laws, all that stuff that's so much fun to learn and study and play with, that's all using these analogies. And you have an analogy between your house. Your house has to be kept clean. Dirty animals have to stay out of it. If a mouse comes in, busts in, boundary transgressing mouse comes in and dyes his little filthy body in an open sack of grain, you've got to do something about that. Okay? You've got to keep yourself clean. In terms of what you eat, you got to keep your house clean in terms of what your house has. You can get leprosy on your skin. You can get leprosy in your house. Right? What are some leprous houses in the Bible? When? When was the temple leprous? Yes, Matthew 24 is your proof text. 
23, I think, actually, at the end. But, uh, yep, when you take down the leprous house, not one stone is left on another, it's all cast out. Ezekiel runs into a, Ezekiel's inspection of the house is an inspection for leprosy. Uh, Zechariah chapter 5, the flying scroll, which has the law printed on both sides, checks out a leprous house and causes it to um, be sick. So this is actually a, a major theme. And of course, when the priest checks out the leprous house, he throws out the bad stones and he patches it back up. And he comes back and if it's gone bad again, he throws out the stones again and gives it one last chance. And if he comes back again and that house is leprous again, he tears it down. How many times did Jesus inspect the temple? Once at the beginning, three years later, and in his 70 AD. Wow, isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. So there's duplications in the, in the system here. Your house, God's house, God's house of heaven and earth, because there's a, well, I'm not going to draw this now, but there's a veil between heaven and earth. Isaiah chapter 40, as most of you know, says that he stretched out the heavens as a veil, and he he spread out the heavens as a veil, and he stretched them forth as a tent. Okay? So the firmament is both a flat veil, and it's also a tent. The ancients knew that space had depth. You know, you look up at the sky, it looks like a nice flat sky up there. But don't read these modern books that say that the ancients believed there was just a ceiling on the earth. Um... No, they knew that space had depth. They knew that the, the moon uh, moved in front of the sun. They weren't at the same depth, depth of space. And they knew how far the planets were. Now, they probably thought that the fixed stars were on a shell, but uh, the planets had depth. There's depth in space. It's a house. And there are seven planets, and so... When we go into the tabernacle, up here the highest heavens, and here the tabernacle, we have these two blue veils, which you see are really one. That's the veil. But when you see into it, it has depth. And what's up here? Well, there's manna up here, bread. And there's fire and incense up here. And right here are the seven stars. Moon, Venus, Mercury, Sun in the center, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. And then you're, you've gone through the tent. And I'm not making this up. So they knew this, and that's the house. That's the space. So the creation itself, Tabernacles, temples, Ezekiel's temple, your house, your body. And these are just the physical spaces. The rituals are the same. Most of you are in churches that have covenant renewal worship. Right? Call, confession, 
consecration, communion, and commissioning. Where does that come from? When we made that up and imposed it on all the CREC churches, where did we come up with that? Well, we looked at the Mass, pretty much the same, what you'd find in traditional Lutheran and Catholic church. But where did we come up with it? You're going to defend that order of worship. Where do you start? You were supposed to say the sacrificial system, but you didn't. I know. You gave the right answer. Leviticus 1. No, no, no. Don't, don't start there. Don't tell people in your church we're modeling it on the Old Testament. First of all, you say this is an expansion of the covenant meal. That's the covenant renewal. Jesus takes bread. He takes hold of us. He breaks us and changes us, gives us a new name. That's confession. He gives commands to us. Take this and eat it. I'm giving it to you. Then we sit down and eat it. Then he tells us to get out of here and go change the world because there's demon-possessed kids down at the foot of the mountain. And the people who are down at the foot of the mountain who haven't been with Jesus, they don't seem to be able to do anything for the family that's out there. They're starving people, and God gave you free food, so you go give them free food. Now it turns out that that's the same as the order of the sacrifices. It's the same as the order of creation week. It's the same order that God does everything. And it's the same order that we do everything. Thank you again for enjoying this episode of the Theopolis Podcast. For more information and for more content from Theopolis, you can check us out online at theopolisinstitute.com. We release new articles every Tuesday and Thursday on our blog, so you'll want to make sure to look out for those. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore Theopolis and on Facebook if you just search for our name. If you've been helped, sharpened, and encouraged by this podcast, we'd really love it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review. It just takes a few seconds, and it really will help us along in getting our content in front of new listeners. That's all for now, friends. We really look forward to being with you all again in the next episode. And as always, thank you so much for listening.